I asked you guys to ask me questions so I could come on here and answer them. Let me see. Let me see. I'm also going to be chugging this water because I'm doing a cleanse and I have to drink this whole thing before I can eat dinner. So <laughs> please excuse me while I just sit here and chug water. <laughs> okay. Okay. Elena says to you, what is the one difference between the people who ultimately make it at this blogging thing and the people who don't? Let's see. That's a good question. I think, I mean, I think the thing between the people that make it and the people that don't are most people quit, right? Most people don't even make it past the first year. And you have to be willing to go through this. You have to be willing to go through this like process of creating a lot of content, doing a lot of work, doing a lot of things and not getting a lot of results. And you have to be able to have faith that it's going to pay off later. And most people can't get through that part, right? Most people are putting in the work, doing the stuff. They're not getting results. They get discouraged and then they quit. And I mean, I really think that's the difference. I think the people that make it have the tenacity and have the faith to be able to just keep going, even when they don't see the results. And I mean, I think there's a certain brutality to being an entrepreneur where you're going to fail a lot and you're going to try things that you think are going to be awesome and they don't work. And you have to be able to keep going. And I think the people that make it have a certain resiliency. And I also think it's important, I've been thinking about this a lot, um, working with, because I'm doing some consulting and stuff for people in business right now. But I think it's important to be able to separate yourself from your business. So it's important to be able to recognize if you launch something and it fails, you know, your launch might be a big failure, but you're not a failure. You're not your business. You're not your launch. Does that make sense? And so I think that that's a really big key to success. You have to have your own identity outside of your business and realize that even if no one is reading your blog, it's not that you're a failure or you're bad or anything. You know, it's just that's the phase of business that you go in. I heard this really good analogy. I've talked about this I think, I don't know, maybe I haven't talked about this before in here, but I really, I've been following this woman. Her name is Lacey Phillips. She's like super woo-woo. If you're into woo-woo stuff, you'll love her. And if you're not into woo-woo stuff, you will not like her. <laughs> so, but I've been following her, but she talks about this idea. She calls it the magic dark. And the magic dark is like this period of time. It's like a, like a, when you're on a spiritual journey or whatever, it's like kind of your time before you get to the next level, but it feels like nothing is happening. But she uses this analogy of an ocean. So the magic dark is like, if you're at the ocean and you're watching the tide go out, you're just watching the water go out and like nothing is happening. And right when you start to lose faith, when you're like, is the water ever coming back? Like, is the wave ever going to come to me? Is it all going to turn around? Like, is this really going to happen? That's when you know you're getting close, right? And that's when it's all about to happen. Everything you want is about to come to you. And I think of blogging, I think that's a great analogy for blogging because you have to be able to stand in the magic dark. You have to be able to stand in this time of not knowing if it's going to work. You have to be able to stand in the time of not knowing if it's going to happen, not seeing the results. You have to be able to not see the results and keep doing the work and not seeing the results and keep doing the work, right? And that's the magic dark when you're not seeing the results. But you know eventually that wave is going to come back to you, right? Even though the water is going out and you're just watching it go out and you can't see the freaking like water anymore, right? You know it's going to come back, right? It always comes back to you. And you have to be able to have this belief, you know, that it's all going to work out in the end and it's all going to pay off. And the reason people quit is because they aren't, they don't realize how long it can take. It can take a long time. And when you're in it, it feels like a really long time. Ruth and I talked about this when I did an interview on her. I was on her Do It Scared podcast. 
and she talks about this the same thing in her journey right like you know when i tell the story i'm like oh like you know i got to become a full-time blogger in only 10 months but when i was doing it 10 months felt like a really long time right <laughs> like 10 months felt like a lifetime it felt like forever and so you know you have to be able to stand in that time and i think people don't understand how hard it can be to keep doing the work and keep doing the work and keep doing the work and not see it come back. But the other thing I'll say is that it's an amazing opportunity. And I talked about this on the last live stream, but think about, you know, if you wanted to open a restaurant or something, you would have to invest potentially hundreds of thousands of dollars and have investors and have all this stuff. And it's such an amazing opportunity to have a business and be able to invest the time up front without investing the money, right? When I started my business, like I would have had money to invest in that business. Like I didn't have like, you know, not hundreds of thousands of dollars. I was able to invest in my blog like a thousand, like thousands here and there, but not like an insane amount of money, right? And so you have to look at it and be thankful and be like, I'm so happy for this opportunity and all I have to invest is this time. And people look at it the other way where they're like, I'm investing all this time and I'm not getting any results. I'm investing all this time and nothing is happening. And then they quit. But really to answer your question, Elena, I really think that the, the difference between the people that make it and the people that don't is that the people that make it like do not quit. Right. And they're willing to put in the time up front without seeing the results you know i didn't see any results for the first like 10 months i was blogging and i was working really hard at this like you know i was working at like another job oh hey okay cool i see some of you guys jumping on let me know if you have any questions i'm just gonna keep riffing through these questions so elena i hope that helps but the key really is just like not to quit right it's just like just keep going like learn the lessons move forward and when things don't work out be able to look at it as a lesson, right? Everything is here to teach you. Everything is ultimately serving you. All of your failures are serving you, right? And that's the way I've had to frame it because I've had to walk through so many failures on my entrepreneurship journey. <laughs> like, you know, like so many and anybody that has had massive success has had to walk through a lot of failures, right? So now like one of my core beliefs is like, you know, failures are ultimately just the lessons I need to learn to be successful. Failures are just the lessons that I need to learn to hit my next level. That's all it is. It's not, you know, and it doesn't really even bother me to be honest with you. If I launch something and no one bought it, it's like, you know, it sucks to waste the time, I guess. But also, also I would just repackage it and sell it as something else probably, <laughs> or give it as a bonus, you know? Nothing is ever wasted that I make. I don't ever feel like, you know, it's all gone or anything. Okay. What do you recommend for a not online business website starting an LLC? And I know I would need a website. I started EBA. Do I follow the format? I still need to connect to my clients. Okay. This was Gina. And then I asked Gina, what is her business? And I was a little confused about this question. She said she's starting a staging business, which I physically have to work. Part will be online setting up consultations, appointment and service. It's not really a blog. So Gina, if you don't need a blog, then you don't need a blog if you already have customers. If you're gonna try to connect with people online and have an online following and build a brand, right? A blog will help you build a personal brand. A blog will help you, you know, bring in clients from the internet. So that's kind of where I would see the blog like benefiting you, but if you don't have time to do it, and also if you had blog posts, like people could see your work, right? If you're like, hey, like, you know, here's 10 tips on this, or here's like a, a staging that I did or here's like whatever and people are like wow like this person's really an expert like I want to hire her I want to work with her right but as far as your website I mean I don't know what you need on your website I don't like I don't run a staging business I mean I would say like what like an about me a homepage, your services 
you know, I think it's good to have like samples of your work, testimonials, sales pages, that kind of stuff. But I don't know exactly what you need because I, I don't know like what it's like to run that kind of business. I've only ever ran online businesses, really like blogging businesses, right? Like that's my kind of niche is like getting traffic onto the site with the blogs and then monetizing. Like that's what I do really well. But I don't know, like I've never had a, a service-based business, so I don't know. Or I guess I do consulting now, but I don't even have that on my website. Any tips for podcasting? Oh yeah, I love my podcasting. I feel like I should have a product or freebie to refer people to, but I have no idea what. How do you do email challenges? I'm trying to think of what would benefit C-section. Oh, Kim, hey, I didn't see it was you. <laughs> it's just like, oh, C-section moms. Okay, I'm trying to think of what would benefit C-section moms the most, but I'm coming up blank. So I'm not a mom, but <laughs> like, so I don't know like what would be a good freebie for you. But I think like off of the top of my head, um, you know, any kind of printable, like printable affirmations you can use, printable, I know you're, um, you're religious, so like printable prayers for moms, printable affirmations for moms, printable checklists. People really like, as far as freebies, like checklists, you know, you could be doing, I think your blog is for people that have already, it's for people that have already given birth, right? So it's like geared towards afterwards. So maybe like a checklist of like, you know, 10 things you should make sure you do after you give birth, like 10 things you should make sure you do for your emotional recovery. But I don't know, whatever. But people really like checklists, people really like printables. And that kind of stuff seems to go really well as far as a freebie. I think you should definitely have a podcast. There's no downside to having a podcast. And it's so cheap and easy to do, right? So I just use, where is it? I use this microphone I got on Amazon. It's literally like $35. I have it linked on my website on faithmariah.com. It's like a blue, I don't know what it's called. Um, so I bought a $35 microphone and then I use Audacity to edit, which is free. And then when I started, I have a paid Podbean account now, but when I started, um, I had a free Podbean account. So I had a free Podbean account, I used Audacity, and then I had my $35 mic. And that's all I did, right? And I just started my podcast. And just talk about, Kim, share your story, share your experience. Like, what would you want someone have, what would you have wanted someone to say to you, like, after that happened? What would you have wanted to hear? Like, what is the messages that you needed? Like, what would you have needed to navigate those times? Um, and think about everything you learned. Like, sit down and, like, brainstorm everything you learned on that journey and then sit down and just and just talk right just talk to the microphone and it gets actually like really easy like I thought it was going to be super cringy it's super hard when I started the podcast but it's not been that at all it's been like the best thing I ever did I really really love my podcast so I think you know you guys should all have podcasts if you want to and I also believe like you know um that idea like when you have something in your heart that's like I should start a podcast I should do this like I believe that's like divine guidance so there's either a lesson you need to learn from that experience. There's someone that needs to connect with you in that way. There's some mom out there that's going to find your podcast and it's going to change everything for her. It's going to like be what you need to do to get your business to the next level, whatever it is. But there's some kind of reason like if that's in your heart and I've seen you like posting it in the EBA group too, that you want to do this, you know, that I, I'm really spiritual, right? And super woo woo. But I like believe like when I have like, our desires, the things that we want to do when I have ideas, like I believe that's divine guidance. So 
it just know like you're being divinely supported you're being guided it's safe for you to go forward it's safe for you to go big it's safe for you to try things right it's safe for us to try things and fail and learn the lessons and move on it's safe for you potentially to be massively successful with this podcast i don't know what the outcome will be right but just move forward like it's safe for you to move forward tap into that that feeling in your heart that like nudge in your heart that's like i should start a podcast right i should write a blog post about this like i always believe that's like divine guidance so it's safe for you to follow that and it's important that you follow that because probably some mom out there needs that message and is going to connect with you in that way so you know get get on there for her if you can't do it for yourself sometimes i'll use that as like motivation if i'm too scared to do something which i'm like you know not the bravest person in the world right and i i talked about this on the last live stream but i don't really like being on camera i don't really like like talking about myself all the time i don't you know my mental health and the things i share about were some of the worst times of my life i don't always feel like sitting down and like rehashing the painful stuff i've been through right it's really difficult but the way that i do it is i tap in and i'm like I know that there is a woman out there that feels the way that I used to feel. And I know what that feels like. I know what it feels like to be alone, you know, to be struggling with depression, to feel like no one understands. Like, I know what that feels like, right? And that will give me the bravery and the motivation to move forward when I feel like I can't do it. So Kim, if you're having like this resistance come up around the podcast, I don't know if it's like fear or just not knowing what to do or what, but tap into that of like, you know, that there's a mom out there that's been through this traumatic experience that needs you, that needs to hear your story, that needs to hear what you went through, that needs to hear that there is lightness at the end of this journey and that things will get better, or whatever, you know, the messages that you want to share. Like there's someone out there that needs that. And when I tap into that, it makes me braver and it makes me able to do things that I wouldn't just normally be able to do, right? It makes me able to kind of push myself out of my comfort zone and it makes me able to like do the things the hard things that I have to do in my business and in this in this time does that make sense I hope that helps <laughs> but the other thing I'll say about the podcast like you know if you have the idea for a podcast just do it like just do it and you'll figure it out right we get stuck in this of like I don't know exactly what it's going to be I don't know exactly how to do it I don't know how to edit it da, 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 da. and we get stuck in this this phase of like researching of thinking about things of asking questions but not doing like sit down and record something, you know, and sit down and do it and sit down and then give yourself a date. I'm launching on this date, right? And then you'll have to sit down and do it because you can be in this phase of researching, of thinking, of trying to figure it all out forever. But the truth is the best way to figure it out is just to sit down and do it, right? It's just like a blog. You could research. I could sit here and Google how to start a blog all day, but until I actually sit down and do it, that research really doesn't get me anywhere, right? It's not moving me forward <laughs> at a certain point. Okay, um, I'm trying to read these questions. How do you overcome imposter syndrome in comparison that you're not as good as the others in your niche? This is a good question, Emily. Okay, so let me think. Let me drink some water. <laughs> I said in the beginning, I'm trying to do this cleanse, so I have to drink this whole bottle of water before I can eat dinner, so. <laughs> Emily, what's your niche? So... I've struggled with this a lot and I think I think for me I've just come to the fact of like I'm just myself and I just offer the help right I just offer like my energy to whoever needs to be in my energy and I don't think people need experts especially on the internet like in this time of being on the internet people are sick of like overproduced like, per like, think of all the mom bloggers. Like, people are sick of, like, going online and seeing, like, the perfect mom bloggers with the perfect, you know, staged pictures and the perfect house and the perfect stuff. People want to hear 
from mom bloggers that are like, this is the truth. Like, this is what it's like. Like, this is what my life is like. People want to hear, you know, the the rawness and the realness from that. And I think there's people are always like, oh, mom blogs are so saturated. I'm like, no, they're not. Because people relate to you and your story. It's not just like mom bloggers. They want to follow you. So you don't have to be an expert, right? They're not looking. And in my niche, like in mental health, I used to feel like I'm not like, you know, a counselor. I had this like big hang up where I was like, well, I'm not a therapist. Like I'm not, I can't do this because I'm not a, a counselor. I'm not a therapist or, or whatever. But then I like really thought about my journey and my time. And I was like, you know, when I was like really suffering and struggling, I would have just wanted to hear from another young girl my age that looked like me and talked like me and was going through the things I was going through. Right. So that's what I did. Like with Radical Transformation Project, it's like a, like a edgier self-help blog because that's what I would have wanted like to read does that make sense and it wasn't I didn't want to sit down and read from a doctor or from a psychologist of like all of the things about depression I wanted to read about from someone I can relate to so people don't need you to be an expert people don't need you to have the answers people just need you to be yourself like that's the other thing is like that's like also one of my core beliefs and you could probably make some affirmations around that but shift your mindset to where it's like People don't need me to be perfect. People don't need me to be an expert. People need me to be me, to show up, to speak my truth, to share the things that I have to share. And it's the same thing like I was telling Kim, like, you know, if you're having this feeling you want to be a blogger, you want to start this business, you're having this nudge to get in the public space for a reason, for a reason. And the reason is because people need you, because people need to hear from you, because there's someone out there that needs that message, right? It's not for no reason. Like, think of all of the crazy things you could want to do in this world. There's a million different things you could want to do. But you're being called to, like, this one specific thing, to talk about this one specific thing in a public space for a reason on purpose. Does that make sense? Someone needs to hear from you, Emily. So it doesn't matter, like, who else is talking about it. It doesn't matter if you're not an expert. It doesn't, all that matters is that you put yourself out there, right? And you say whatever you're being called to say, and you speak your truth from your point of view and no one else can say the things like you can right no one else there's a million people online talking about blogging but you guys are listening to me because i there there's no one else that's gonna get in a camera and deliver the same way i do and it's not that i'm perfect or i'm better or i'm anything it's just i'm myself and you guys relate to me and we all relate to different people we all relate to different teachers right and you guys like what i have to say for whatever reason but you know there's going to be people like that for you that need to hear from you that need to hear the information from you that need to hear you speak on the topic that need to hear your stories your experiences does that make sense so you don't have to be an expert and there's no way to even compare yourself like i don't even really compare myself anymore i'm just like because i just feel like my job is just to be myself my job is not to fix people's problems my job is not to have the answers my job is not you know to do any of that. My job is just to get online and speak my truth. My job is just to get online and be myself, right? And be transparent and be real with people. That's my job. So in that way, there is no imposter syndrome, right? If my job is just to be myself and show up. Um, so I don't know, I hope that helps. And then always answer the calling, right? Like this, like if you have this desire, people think like being called is like you walk outside and there's like a, a light and it's like, oh, I'm called, I'm like guided. I see like, you know, the angels or whatever. But it's not like that. Like being called is like this feeling you have in your heart that's like, 
I want to start a blog and I want to talk about this. I want to do that. It's those little ideas that you're getting, those little downloads you're getting, those little nudges in your heart. That's guidance. That's being guided. It's safe to follow that. And we're women. Like, we're the most, like, I think women's intuition is so powerful. Like, you know what you're supposed to be doing. And you know, like, you you have this, like, drive in your heart to start this business for a reason. It's not for no reason. So you don't need to have this fear around, like, I'm not good enough. I'm not going to be as good as so-and-so whatever, whatever, all you need to worry about is answer, answering your calling, right? Answer your calling, follow your nudges in your heart, do the things that you're called to do, right? Does that make sense? Don't worry about like being perfect, being good enough, you know, all that stuff. It's just like, you have to have faith in the process. You have to have faith that you're guided, you're answering the calling and it's, it's all going to work out. And eventually you'll have a really powerful message and you'll have something to say and it's all going to work out right? You don't have to even have a great message in the beginning. Like I didn't, I didn't really have that many things to talk about in the beginning. I was like, I want to talk about depression, but I like wasn't very good at talking about it because I had never talked publicly about it, right? And it took me a really long time to get comfortable sharing my story and sharing personal details and talking about it in a passionate way and talking about it in a way that felt authentic to me and that felt powerful to other people. And that takes practice. So you don't have to be perfect, especially when you're starting. You need to give yourself permission to kind of suck a little bit. <laughs> So, you know, I hope that helps. Okay. Great ideas. Thank you. I'm definitely feeling divinely pushed, shoved. Yeah, Kimberly, you're guided. I know Kimberly because I stayed with her at Activate and I know that you're guided. So thanks for the inspiration and motivation. Besides clipping ums and breathing, what else should I do in Audacity? What edits do you do? Do you have people you interview? <laughs> I'm not the person to ask about this, Kim, because my... um podcast is like not professional at all if you guys listen to my podcast it still doesn't have an introduction I never like most people have like a like welcome to the podcast like music music da 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 like mine still doesn't have that it just literally like starts with me going like hey guys it's faith and then I just go into the podcast and it's been like that for over a year just because I've never made an introduction and I don't feel like it really matters that much like it's not a priority for me so I mean but I'm saying like, I'm not the, the person with like a highly produced podcast. But I think I'm also like a good example of like, you don't have to have a highly produced podcast. Like I get hundreds of downloads on my podcast every day. People want to hear what I have to say, right? And they don't care that it's like not so professional. And as far as like interviewing, like, I don't know, you know, I just have like, the people that are on my, my podcast are usually like my friends. And so I don't really have them like sign anything. I probably should though, but I don't like I, and maybe I will like eventually as it gets bigger and as I start interviewing more people. But for right now, it's just, I just try to make things as simple as possible. And as far as editing, I barely edit my podcast. Like it really is just me talking. So every once in a while, you guys will see, you see me talking live, like I'll lose my train of thought. And on my podcast, I'll go back and edit that out and I'll take out pauses or if I say something weird, I'll just go back and restart and just say it again. And then when I edit it and post, I'll just delete, you know, the first part out and just keep the good take. So that's all I do. I really don't do that much editing in podcasts besides, you know, anything that I screw up or say that's stupid. <laughs> Thank you for the pep talk. My niche is casual fashion for stay at home moms. And it's hard not to compare all the amazing ladies out there that blog about it. Yeah, but Emily, there's plenty of room for you. There's plenty of room for you. And that's just the truth, right? There's plenty of room for you. So, you know, you don't need to compare yourself and just get excited. Like they're examples of like what you can have and what you can be. And there's plenty, think of all of the people on the internet. There's so many people on the internet. Like there's plenty of people that will follow you. There's plenty of people for you. Hey Beth, okay, I got totally sidetracked. Let me go back to these questions. 
Do you have any tips for designing and creating printables? I'm using Canva, but I'm having a hard time not being visually creative. Okay, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make them fit my branding, but not take up a massive amount of ink when printing. Okay, Jen, I totally relate to this because I suck at graphic design and I still, like, honestly, I still kind of suck at graphic design. Like, it's never going to be my wheelhouse, right? Like, I can make graphics and worksheets, um, but I'm never going to be a professional graphic designer. It's just not, like, my forte, right? But I do really love, like, what I'll say is, like, go in Canva. Literally, this is what I do when I, I wish I could show you guys my computer. Literally, when I go to make a worksheet, I go to Google and I Google Canva worksheet templates. <laughs> And then I hit enter and then Canva has like this really cool page and it's just a whole bunch of worksheet templates, right? So I find one that, you know, the kind of spacing or, or room that I want. And then I, um, sorry, my phone is like going off. I got distracted. So I go there, I go on the templates, I put my brand colors in and then I just kind of change the headings. And that, that's how I make worksheets, like to be honest with you. I just use those templates and that really helps me because if I have a template or something already made, I can tweak it and customize it and, and kind of mess with it and fix it to get it to look how I want. But when I open a blank page in Canva and it's just like nothing and I'm supposed to design it, that's really overwhelming to me. And then as far as color, like I don't really do that much color on my workbooks anymore. When I first started, they were like so over the top and they had tons of color and like, yeah, it just would have been a pain for anyone to print. So I'm really cognitive now of like a lot of what I do now, like most of my printables I do now are, are workbooks. I have a membership site. So every month, everyone in there gets a new workbook from me. I actually have to make one tomorrow. <laughs> So tomorrow, right, I'll make a workbook for them. The first Saturday of the month, they get a workbook for whatever theme we're doing. So uh, what I'll do is I'll take the cover, I'll design like a really cute cover that's in color and like looks really nice. And then the rest of it will all just be black and white. And then, um, yeah, I just, I try to do just really plain like boxes with like borders where it's not like a ton of ink for people to print. And I try to be like cognitive of, of how much ink it takes to actually print them off because I want people to use them, right? I really want people to like use the stuff I make. That's really important to me. I don't just want to be making stuff that like dies on the internet or people download and, and they don't use. Like I really am trying to create tools to help people. So I try to make them usable. But yeah, that's my tip. Use Canva templates. <laughs> And then, yeah, just put your, your brand colors in there a little bit. It doesn't have to be all over it, right? And then I have, like, at the bottom, I'll, I'll put, like, www.radicaltransformationproject.com on all the pages. Just so that way, like, if they're printing it out and they look at it later, they, like, remember where they got it from and it's from me. So I always make sure to have the website address on there. I usually just put it in really small font just on the very bottom of the page. But yeah, that's kind of my tips for graphic designing for people that suck at graphic designing. I'm not, you know, like I said, I'm not good at it. Do you have a way to process your daily email? I find myself always resisting to process email, but I don't know why. I've never received a negative email. What's your daily process? And also, do you refer people to one of your articles when they ask you questions? Or do you answer right there in the email? Gabby, I don't answer all my email. And so I'm probably not a great person to, to answer this question. <laughs> But I get a lot of like really heavy mental health email and I, for my own mental health, cannot respond to every single person. First of all, it would take up so much of my time, but then it's just, it's really like the emotional energy, right? If I do that every day, I, um, I don't have the energy to make stuff for the rest of my community. I don't have the energy to show up in my Facebook group. I don't have the energy to make things for my membership site. I don't have the energy to make the blog posts, right? And so 
I'm not like paid to do one-on-one -on -one coaching and I've just had to kind of get myself in this place. So usually what I'll do is like once a week, I'll go on there and I'll kind of like bang them all out, right? And it's not that I don't reply to people at all. It's just that I don't sit there. I'll reply to everyone that emails me, but I don't sit there and, and give free coaching via email. So that's just like a boundary I've had to make, but I'm in a mental health niche. So I think it's really important for me to have strong boundaries. But I look at it as like, I'm a blogger, right? My service I offer them is blogging or my service that I offer them is the stuff in my membership site. I do not offer coaching via email. That's not a service that I offer. And honestly, like I'm not a therapist. It's not a service I'm, I'm qualified to provide. So I usually refer people to a therapist. I have like an online therapy program that I use that I like that I refer people to. Um, I don't really refer people back to my blog. That's probably smart. Like, yeah, send them articles. If you have resources to help them, right, send them that. I send people the crisis text line, which is like a, it's like a suicide prevention line, but you can text. It's a really good resource if you ever have someone that's suicidal. Um, it's a really good resource for people because a lot of people don't want to talk on the phone. And so they can actually text a counselor. So I send them that. So I send them resources, right? Um, you know, and th and that's all I do. But I, I don't answer email every day because I don't have the mental capacity to do that. I do customer service email every day. If someone is like, I bought a product and I'm having this issue or someone is like asking me a question, trying to figure out if they want to buy one of my programs, I answer those every day. But I don't look at my email more than once a day. And I think that's a really good way to manage email. I would like say like sit down at your desk and like eight to nine, you do email and then you close it and you don't open it again until the next day. People have this idea that like email is supposed to be instant and you're supposed to be available to people all day and it's a time suck and an energy suck. If I did that, I would never get anything done to be honest with you. So I think setting a time of day is a really good strategy and then closing it and you don't need to look at it till the next day. Like people don't need you immediately. They just don't. So. I hope that helps. I'm not the best person like to probably answer that because I'm not like super, super well organized, right? In how I do things. <laughs> this may not be entirely blogging related. I'm curious as to what business tools you have, um, such as laptop, desktop, recording equipment you love or hate. Yeah, I have a laptop. I have a Lenovo. Well, I don't even know what this is. I think I actually put it, if you go to faithmariah.com, I have in there like a link that's shop and then a link that's like i think it's like blogging resources or something on there but i made a page of all the links to everything that i have that i like because so many people have been asking me like equipment and stuff i mean you know i'm not the most tech person in the world i have a really nice computer i really really like it i hook it up to a monitor like right now it's hooked up to my monitor so i use it basically as a desktop when i'm at my desktop and then i take it with me and i really like that because I always have all my stuff, right? I don't have like a hard drive that is a desktop and then a hard drive that is a laptop. I just have my laptop. And then when I'm sitting at my desk, I use my laptop as a second screen. So I have like my, my desktop screen in front of me here and then I have my laptop over here and they are hooked up to work as two monitors. So I use that in my office. And then if I'm working at a coffee shop, if I'm traveling or whatever, I just take my laptop. I have my $35 microphone. I have a panasonic lumix camera that i really like but you know i'm not a photographer like really any like automatic camera would probably work for me i really like quickbooks self-employed i just did my taxes and it was so easy 
if you are writing things off, I super recommend that. Um, and it just, it syncs up to your credit cards and you just mark the charges that are business cards. Like once a month I go in there and I just mark all my business charges. And then at the end of the year, you just upload it all into TurboTax. It categorizes everything. And then if you have reoccurring payments, so like my web hosting or, well, that's not a monthly thing, but I'm trying to think of like a monthly thing I pay for. Like I pay Teachable every month, right? So I'm in QuickBooks Self-Employed, it knows like that Teachable charges our business. So it automatically flags all of the business charges. So once you get it set up, it's like almost everything is automatic unless I buy something weird or random or like I have to buy office supplies or something like that. You know, that stuff I have to go in there and mark as business, but everything else automatically just goes now um, because I've been using it like the last year. So I really like QuickBooks Self-Employed for taxes. Not that I'm a tax expert. Uh, what else? I don't know. I really like Scribd. If you guys have never heard of Scribd, I really like audiobooks and I used to use Audible, but Scribd is like net Netflix for books. So you can listen to as many audiobooks as you want, which is awesome. Like I probably not a lot of people appreciate that, but I listen to a lot of audiobooks. So that saves me actually a lot of money. I posted in the group. I just got a subscription to stock images. I wish I had done that years ago. I don't know why I would drag my feet on it for so long because it really is so worth the money. I know if, in the beginning, if you don't have the money, that's totally fine. But once you start making money, you know, I think that's a great place to invest back in your business. And I always just thought I didn't need it. I was like, I'll just get free stock images. The free ones are fine. Like I don't see the, the fuss about paying for images. And now that I'm paying for images, I'm like, wow, like, you know, this really is like next level and I really love them. So um, I'm trying to think of what else. That's all I can think of off the top of my head. I use Teachable. I really like Teachable. I use Podbean to host my podcast. I really like that. Um, yeah, I don't have any like secret, like <laughs> secret blogging stuff for you guys. Okay, I think that's all the questions. You guys have any more questions on here? I think that's it. Okay, does anybody let me know? Um, and yeah, all of the courses I recommend, all of the, like, I have all the plugins I use on my blog, the theme I use for my blog, all of that stuff I went ahead and put on faithmariah.com. So if you're ever curious, like, it's all on there. I'm very transparent with you guys about what I use, what I like, what I don't like. So if you're ever interested in that, it's all there for you. And yeah, I, that's all the questions. So, oh gosh, I did good. I think it was like a reasonable amount of time. I'm going to try to do once the one of these once a week so next week i'll put up a thread you guys if you have any questions that come up feel free to put them in there and i'll come on here and answer them for you and yeah i hope you guys have a great weekend